So this song, it, it starts off saying, I don't really know how much time I'm on. Just want to bring a little hope with these rhymes I've got. If there's one thing they say about me when I'm gone, let it be I did it for the glory of my God. Um, just that's the legacy that I want to leave with that however much time I'm here on earth and um, whatever I'm able to do with my rapping, with my rhymes, with my music, um, I, I want it to be known that I did it all, all for the glory of God. The phrase, oh, God is trending on Twitter. And this producer and rapper is loving how God is using social media. Watching Kanye West make beats motivated him to learn to produce music. His dad being the first Christian in his family broke generational curses and now the prodigal son is receiving his legacy. In this episode of Testimony and Musician Story presented by Soundseekers, producer and rapper Xander shares his Christian testimony. My grandmother, Mother Brown, makes a funny appearance and delivers a prayer for Xander. Additionally, he breaks down hope of glory, an account of providence, the prodigal tale, and legacy in the four-song breakdown. I am Gaelica Brown, and this is Soundseekers Presents Testimony, a Musician's Story. So let's go ahead and start with your first music memory, whether it be a song, mm. video, concert, first music memory. One of my first music memories, I, I remember the first CD that I got. Um, I was in elementary school. And so it might've been like eight years old or something. Um, and I got for Christmas, a Toby Mac CD. It oh, was, um, yeah, you know, Toby Mac, it was, um, the name of the album is it's the diverse city album. I don't know if that's the name of the album. Yeah, or I don't just... love Tony Mac or Toby Mac, but don't mm-hmm. ask me about album names. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyways, that was the first album that I remember getting. My parents got it for me for Christmas, and I loved it. I loved, like, the the beats especially. And, um, I mean, to this day, even though it's old and whatever, like, it's still – I still love it. You know, it has, like, a special place in my heart. Yeah, of course. It's, like, one of your first albums, so yeah, that makes sense. And do you still listen to Toby Mac? Yeah, I mean, he's not, like, as active as he used to be or anything. Um, so, but definitely when I was when I was younger, it was, like, he was, like, the coolest guy, especially with Christian music. Mm-hmm. It was kind of before Lecrae and Reach Records and, like, Christian rap started to become a lot more popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the time, like, I was, like, Christian rappers, like, there wasn't really that many. Um, and then now, obviously, like, there's just it's it's a whole culture and like music scene of its own which has been amazing to watch it grow over the years yeah i mean you really had like a front row seat from the beginning i would say so because growing up in a christian household and having parents who were in ministry like it was important to listen to christian music like it any secular music that i was allowed to listen to it had to be like clean version you know buy it off itunes with the clean version and you know my parents would like check my ipod to see what i was listening to so like they put a lot of emphasis a lot of importance on that so for sure growing up 
I like every time there would be a new Christian artist, like I remember Andy Minio's first album and like all these guys just watching them. So it has been cool to see it yeah. evolve and see it to where it is now. I mean, you kind of like dated me because I definitely didn't grow up with my parents checking my iPod. Yeah, yeah. iPods didn't exist. <laughs> my, <laughs> checking my Discman or my Walkman. Yeah. <laughs> my iPod. <laughs> okay. So you said you grew up in a Christian household. Um, mm-hmm. Where were you born and raised? I was born in Maryland, uh, but we moved to Florida sometime in like first grade, I think. So uh, I lived most of my life here in, in South Florida. South Florida. Okay. Mm-hmm. And both your parents are in ministry in what capacity? Um, so my dad has served um, in a lot of pastoral roles, um, doing things with different churches throughout the years, like uh, just, just in leadership, pastoral leadership. Mm-hmm. Um and they've both done a lot of like youth ministry and young adult ministry, um, which is something that I, I also do. I'm also involved in. And I definitely got a lot of the love for that, um, watching them do it and growing up like we would always have, you know, just a bunch of people at our house, like youth events and young adult events and stuff always happening. Um, and it was cool to grow up around that. Awesome. I mean, I mean, was it really, you felt that it was cool the entire time through? Oh, no, of course not. Of course not. It definitely got annoying. Uh, It definitely, there was points where like, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want anything to do with it. Um, And that's, that's a big part of my testimony is growing up, being in church, being in, you know, going to youth group and going to church every Sunday and, you know, all that type of stuff and having parents in ministry uh, but at some point around high school, like ninth grade, 14 years old, 15 years old, like just started to like feel like it wasn't cool, feel like, you know, whatever, like what my friends are doing in school, you know, that's cool. Like I want to be doing that. I want to fit in with them. Um, and that that phase or that season of my life lasted for a few years till I I would say the duration of high school, I just kind of veered away from my faith and from my family, just did not have a close relationship with my family, um, did not want to be going to church, did not want to be involved with anything, and started getting involved with what my friends were doing, which was drugs and parties and stuff like that. Um, and and it wasn't until I, start, I reached around 18 years old that... God started to to break through and um, and kind of pull me back in. Um, so I definitely was a prodigal um, because um, thankfully, you know, of course, when, when I did come back to um, just wanting to be in church and, 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 you know, whatever, like just being a Christian again, really, um, it was nothing but grace for me. There was no, there was no shame or judgment or anything and that, that allowed me to become the person I am was just having people still believe in me and have people um, just have grace for me. And while you were going through that period in high school, were you kind of, um, 
I don't know, kind of stepped away from faith, I mm -hmm. guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. How was your relationship with your parents who were so, you know, deeply immersed in the faith? It, it was very stressed um, and stretched, like the, the relationship. Um, there's a lot of tension. And especially with my father, um, it, it definitely um, it, it definitely put a lot of weight and pressure on our relationship. Um, and I had a lot of resentment. Um, I, I just kind of, you know, I think they, they, they obviously, they loved me the whole time and they were trying to just help me because they were seeing that I was struggling. I was depressed. I was um, just kind of losing my identity even. Mm -hmm. And um, watching me go through it, of course, they wanted to be there for me. They wanted to help. They were, and, um, but I just had a lot of resentment and I was really like, closed off to any sort of input or help or whatever. And, you know, of course there's ups and downs in their seasons. So there would be like points where I was like, okay, yeah, you know, I want, you know, I want help. I want this, but then like, no, never mind. I don't like, it's too much. It's so there's a lot of ups and downs and backs and forth. And, um, but after going through all of that, um, my relationship with my parents became, amazing to where now my dad is like my best friend yeah. um, and we have an amazing relationship. So basically long story short, you were being a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely yeah. can. I see that a lot of people can relate to that process and that story. And um, now being in youth ministry, I can relate to like a lot of these kids. And even when I see them making mistakes and like kind of, pulling back and pushing away and stuff. It's like, I know God's got them. I know God has a plan for them because I went through that and I lived that and I ended up okay. So I don't get too worried or too stressed out when these teenagers start to act a little bit rebellious. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, if you, if you can plant the seed in their heart and if truth has ever penetrated something in them, then it doesn't leave. It's still there. Yeah. And, and it can still be called forth. Um, as much as they try to like shy away from it and reject it and push it away. Like if you continue to love them, continue to have grace from that seed that was planted, it will eventually bear fruit. I do believe that. I like that. Um, I like how you said, basically, you know, planting the seed in their heart if their heart ever felt like truth. It's not, mm -hmm. not going to leave. I like the way you put that. Thank you. <laughs> so was there like a definite moment or a defining moment in your journey to where you like actually like said the words of like, I'm giving my life to you, Christ? Yes. Um, it was. So my youth pastor, I, I was in youth ministry, but um, just not really like, didn't want to be there. Didn't really like, I would go sometimes. And then, um, I think it was my senior year of high school. So I was about 18 years old that our church got a new youth pastor. His name was pastor Taylor. And, um, basically he just, he, he really went after me. He saw something in me that I didn't see in myself and he would just like not leave me alone. And he was constantly staying on top of me, constantly checking on me constantly. Like, and, um, just by being around him and just by, um, 
being in like the like he would bring me places. I would go to his house. I would whatever. And just by having that relationship with him and being around him, my heart started to open up. And where I had become so closed off to my parents and so like resentful of them, um, this this person, this man of God, was able to kind of break through that tough exterior and break through those walls. And he was, you know, closer to my age and just, we, we shared interests, we shared whatever. So it, there, he was able to break through. Um, and it was during a, um, one of the, one of the, the trips, like a, a camp, a, a youth camp that we went on. So I was like 18 years old and, um, just God speaking to me and like, just a, a moment of revelation of like, what, where I was and and where I needed to be and and hearing from, from God, like what my identity truly was and starting to feel like, okay, what do I have to do to live in that? Like, that's what I want to be. I don't want to be what, you know, what's been going on. I don't want to keep living that way. Um, And going to my pastor and going to my parents and just being like, whatever I've got to do, like, I'm, I want to change you know? And so I definitely can remember that. And, um, since then, not perfect, there's still been ups and downs, but things were definitely never the same after that. Yeah. And around what age was this? Around 18. Okay, cool. It's just, it shows like the importance of having multiple people in your life. Um, yeah, definitely, obviously important to have your parents, that are feeding into you, but when you have those moments where you're not trying to listen to your parents, like you know, right? They, they could be saying exactly speaking words of wisdom, but to you, you're not hearing that. But you need somebody else to come in and speak those same truths in order yeah. to connect with it. So uh, exactly. Okay. And um, you're currently engaged. I am. Yeah, I'm engaged to uh, my fiance's name is Huli. Uh, we just got engaged in February. Well, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> cool. Do you plan on getting married this year or next year? Probably next year. Um, and we've actually, we've known each other since high school. Uh, we've been friends for probably almost 10 years now. So we, we were friends for a long time. Um, and then we started today after, um, leaving high school, we, she, she, we went to the same high school and we were, we were friends and I started to bring her to my, uh, church after I started to get serious about my relationship with the Lord and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, you gotta come to church with me. It's so cool, whatever. And, um, and she was not a Christian at the time. She'd never been to church and the same pastor, pastor Taylor, who broke through for me he did the same thing with her where he just like was, was on top of her, like just loving her and just, and um, it actually didn't take long. Like she, she started coming to church and just after like maybe two months or something, mm-hmm. um, she gave her heart to the Lord. And um, a little bit after that, like year or year and a half later, we started to date and um, now we're engaged. That's awesome. It's a good story. Yeah. Okay. And how does God's presence um, look like in your life personally, outside of the music, but personally? Yeah. Um, so 
personally, um, I think in the key word that you said is presence, like having God um, present and speaking and um, being aware of his presence in my life is absolutely critical because of course, like he's present, he's present everywhere. He's God. And if you believe in Jesus, if you are born again, Christian, then he's present inside of you. Uh, but we're not always aware of it. And so um, definitely for me, it is super important to be aware of his presence, to be noticing what he's doing. And even when things are not making sense and difficult, um, seeing where he is in the midst of that is, I mean, I think that's the only way to like get through hard things. I don't know how people do it without that. Um, I see. Yeah. I, like it's a, it's a mystery to me because yeah, um, yeah. So every, everything I go through in my life, um, just trying to see like, Lord, where are you in this? Where are you in the midst of this? And what, what's, what are you speaking? Like, what's your purpose for me? me in this season what's your will um how can i honor you um yeah it's it's everything all right well i want to move forward to our hot topic um which is trending okay. on twitter okay and right now on twitter or at least as of this morning mm. the words oh god are trending really yeah just oh god and so when you click at it and look at all the tweets they're basically um, Bible verses or prayers where people will either, oh, God is in the verse or prayers where people oh. are, you know, saying, oh, God. So, you know, like oh. Psalms 5110, create in me a clean heart, oh, God, and renew a set mm-hmm. of God's spirit within me. Um, we have like Psalms 139, 23 through 24, search me, oh, God, and know yeah. my heart. Um, and then somebody else had posted Oh, God is trending. And I really thought there was going to be a leaked celebrity sex tape. Guess not. So I'm just noticing that God is integrated more into culture. um, Yes. As of like present time. Like not only um, do you hear like Christian music playing in restaurants or in movies. Yeah. But, you know, God is trending on social media. So. Yeah, wow. I believe it just in reinforces that God is everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it that's really cool because I was waiting for you to say like the reason why it's trending, like it's like what you said, like something else happened. Yeah, um, and it was some sort of like whatever. Just not, I wasn't expecting that. That it literally is like Bible verses and stuff trending. I mean, that's amazing. And it it reminds me, there's a song uh, called Oh God. It's by a band, uh, I think, called Citizens. Mm. Um, And the whole song is basically just a prayer. Actually, my fiance, Huli, she made a cover of that song. So it's it's literally called Oh God. Mm. Um, And what you just said of, of God being more present than ever in, like, culture, like, uh, being, being, like, being noticed, being talked about, being like, that's been really crazy seeing that over the past few years. And even some of the biggest celebrities like in the world now, like Justin Bieber, like talking about Jesus all the time on social media. And then of course, Kanye 
making like a whole album literally called Jesus is King, like Kanye West, like that's like the craziest thing. So not to get too off topic, but, but listening to Kanye is actually what got me into making music. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, so seeing him produce. You making, oh, you mean not Jesus is King just before. No, no, no. Like in, in, um, eighth grade, I, I was watching YouTube videos of him in a studio, like with the drum machine making beats. And I was just like, I want to do that. Like, I want to be able to do that. And and that's what started me on my journey of becoming a producer. Um, and I was producing much longer before I started rapping or recording or anything like that. Like it started for me with making beats with producing. And so it was by watching Kanye. So like now as uh you know an adult like seeing like he's making an album called Jesus is King like this is literally like that was the greatest thing for me yeah yeah um it, and it shows that that God is on the move and that um re- I believe it's a sign of revival for um this time that we're in for just um people to come to know Jesus in a way that like we've never seen before. Cause obviously throughout history, there's been amazing moves of God where, where just some, a lot of times it goes with like some breakthrough in technology that happens like with uh, printing or then with like radio and then with television, like, you know, God's just able to use it for him to be glorified. And um, if we can see that same thing happen in our time through like social media and, and everything that we have now, like it'll it'll be historical yeah no that's a good point definitely that is a good point yeah super exciting okay so i mean you mentioned that you started off producing because now we're gonna move Mm -hmm. forward and start about and start talking about music um okay so around what age was this like high school or junior high you said junior high that was middle yeah middle school so um like 12, 13, um, started to get into it. Okay. I, um, I was watching the videos of him, of him producing and actually a friend of mine was showing me and I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. And, um, for a year I saved up money, like just washing cars and mowing lawns, like whatever, however, 12 year old can save up money and, um, bought a drum machine from a pawn shop. Um, and that was the start of it for me. Just learned how to use it. And actually, before even buying it, um, YouTube was newer at this point because this mm-hmm. is like 2009, 2008, 2009. Um, so like early days of YouTube, but people would make videos like teaching you how to how to you know use this equipment and make beats and whatever. So before I even could buy the equipment, like I was just watching videos on YouTube every single day, like trying to figure out how to use it. So then when I finally bought it, I was like ready to go. And um literally have not stopped ever since. Like since then it's been 12, 13 years and like there's barely any days that go by that I'm not, you know, making something because even when i'm like going out of town it's like gotta put it in a backpack gotta bring it with me (laughs) um so it's definitely in terms of just like things that i do it is my greatest passion for sure 
And how did you get into the, I guess, I don't know, what would you call it? The singing and rapping? Yeah. This is part so, of So, yeah. So I was, it started for me with writing poetry, mm-hmm. um, which surprisingly I've, I've heard actually a lot of other people say the same thing. Um, that it was started through writing poetry, like in school because of like assignments, like in English, so, you know, they, they have you write poems and I actually just really loved it and thought I was pretty good at it. So I would like, anytime there was assignments that had to do with poetry, I would take it really seriously. Um, and that is also going back to like middle school, like really young. Um, but it didn't turn into trying to write raps until probably like 14 or something you know I have my my little drum machine and I'm making beats and I would I would write raps to it and stuff but I never thought I'm gonna like record this and release it and like people are gonna listen to it I thought maybe I can get really good at making beats and other people will rap on my beats so that's what I did most throughout high school is um just kids in my school who rapped, I would be like, you want me to make beats for you? And got a microphone and would, you know, set it up in my house and have people come over and record them. Um, And the first time that I recorded my own song Mm -hmm. was I was working at, have you ever been to Charlie's cheesesteaks? Like Mm -hmm. the food place? It's, um, (laughs) they always have them in like mall food courts. They're like, I don't know. Yeah, they, you just, I don't know, it's like cheesesteaks. But I, I was working there, and so, as a grill cook. Um, and so, the guy who I worked with, we, it would be the two of us on the line, you know, grilling up the cheesesteaks. And um, I would, like, you know, you have, like, your spatula and your knives and stuff, and I would always be, like, making beats with the, with the <laughs> spatulas and stuff on the on the grill. And, and he would just start rapping and like freestyling. He was really good. And finally I was like, Hey man, like, do you rap? Because I make beats. And so we started to hang out and, and work on music together. Um, and, and, uh, he's actually the one who came up with the name Xander, the pupil, which is like, that's my Instagram and stuff. Um, so it, it's just funny. Cause it's like little things that, you know, leave an impact on you. And, and the one of the days that we were working on his music mm-hmm. um i i like i told him like oh why don't you rap it like this and he was like that was really good like do you do you ever write raps and i'm like yeah but you know i don't it's whatever and he's like dude i didn't know you write raps like let me hear something and i showed him something um and he was like that's really good you should record that you should release that and um, it took a while for me to actually get the confidence to do it, but I finally did. And that song ended up being like the first song I ever released on SoundCloud. Um, at the time, you couldn't even really, it was hard to put music on Spotify. Like it, now it's really easy to put music on Spotify, but for some reason, a few years ago uh, or several years ago, it, it was like really complicated. So I would just put my stuff on SoundCloud. Um, and that was the start of me just trying to like try it out basically. And, and I mean, in my heart, I wanted to do it so bad because I loved it, mm-hmm. but also I felt so insecure and I felt so like not confident about my voice or like just whatever. Um, 
so it took me it took me a, a while to feel like really confident to like put an album together and do the things that I'm doing now. Um, whereas with producing, it was, I think it was a little bit easier to be confident because it's not as vulnerable as your own voice and your own thoughts that you're writing into lyrics. Like yeah. it's just the most vulnerable thing. Um, so it's you taken a while to get that. too. Like as a what? producer, you're kind of hiding behind the beat. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. So it's been been having to overcome those insecurities um, to just go for it. And now, I mean, I love doing it. Like I love recording. I love releasing stuff. It's like it's so fun. Um, but it, it was a process. And uh, the latest album, I know you have something else coming up, but Legacy. Yeah. Legacy. OK, so um talk briefly about just the premise of legacy yes so legacy was my first album that i released um in february and the premise of it is that all of us have the choice to both leave a legacy and to to actually receive a legacy Mm -hmm. and i feel i've made the choice to do both to receive the legacy of those who've gone before me. Um, it's like the cloud of witnesses that the Bible talks about, um, that um, people like my parents, people like my youth pastor growing up, people like um, my leaders and my, my mentors now, they've paved a way for me. Um, and they've gone before me to, to, to basically to pave a way. And I can choose to walk in that inheritance and receive that blessing. Like I have a generational blessing from the things that my parents have done that, you know, my dad was the first Christian in his family. And so he had to break all these curses of, you know, just all these different things that had been going on in his family bloodline for like generations to give me like a clean start that I'm washed by the blood of Jesus. And I was raised um, you know, in church, I was raised with the knowledge of these things. Um, and so, as you know, for a while, I had completely rejected that. And, and like the prodigal son had rejected my inheritance. Um, and so when I decided to come back to that, there was a huge blessing that was waiting for me. There was a legacy that was waiting for me to carry it on. And as someone who does youth ministry and, and like my heart is so much for uh, Gen Z and, and these younger kids um, because I can relate to them and because I believe in them. And um, I, I want to leave a legacy for them and for my children. I want to leave a legacy that says, you know, like everything I did, I did for the glory of God. And, and like, I can, pave a way for you too. And like, if you can follow my example, I might not be perfect, but if I can give you an example to follow, then like I've done okay. So that, that's kind of the idea of it. And sorry, one more thing, one more thing is that the Bible verse um, that kind of ties all this together is um, in Genesis when God is talking to, to Abraham Mm-hmm. And he's, this is where the, the cover of um, the album came from is when God tells Abraham to go out of his tent and look up at the stars. And so will his descendants be. 
um, that's that's where the idea for the cover uh, came from because one of my mentors, um, her name's Raquel, and she, she's her and her husband Marcel. They mentor me and my fiance really closely. Um, and one night they're praying for us, and she was reading this Bible verse over me, and it was like I got the picture super clear in my mind. And from that time where they were praying over us, um, that that kind of sparked the whole process for for making this album, actually. Okay, okay. And you were doing home tours. Yeah, that was good. I mean, what's a home tour? And (laughs) yeah, tell us about the experience. So um, it's so funny. So when I was posting on social media, uh, legacy house tours starting, you know, uh, June 13th or whatever, whatever the, no, that was the last one. Whenever the start was, I was posting about it and talking about it, um, and inviting people. I was getting all these messages on Instagram that they were like, they're like, so what are we going to come take a tour of your house? Like, what is this? I'm like, no, you're not taking a tour of my house. I would, I, uh, came to my friend's houses and set up in their backyards, basically a concert. So I reached out to some friends of mine who had decent sized backyards, which is kind of hard to find in South Florida. People don't tend to have a lot of land or like big Mm -hmm. spaces, but I reached out to a couple of friends who had big enough backyards to, to host some people. And, um, I came with a team of people to set up um, sound and lighting. And like, we did it fully professional with like subwoofers and like everything. We just set it all up. Um, We tried to have like a little stage at every house that we went to. And, um, and I invited some friends to do like the opening sets and stuff like that. And then uh, me and my team, uh, we we made a band um, to basically perform this, my album, live um with drums and keys and guitars and background vocals and just everything um part of my my musical background is doing music directing in church Mm -hmm. and so i'm pretty accustomed to like um just arranging things with with live instruments and stuff for worship sets at least doing it for my own rap music was a little bit different but kind of the kind of same basic concepts like same fundamental things so we were able to put it together really cool and um my one of my best friends Ricky he he helped me just arrange all this stuff like musically um and it was an amazing experience we had we had probably like close to 100 not quite 100 but close more like probably 70 80 90 people um at each house we went to um which felt like a huge crowd in a in a tiny little backyard like it felt packed um and people were you know jumping and going crazy and trying to start mosh pits like whatever people were just going crazy and it was uh it was ton of a ton of fun because it was for me the first time I've performed my music live so it was a really cool way to start this and we did um five houses that's so is that something you'd want to continue in the future? I think so. At at first I really didn't know. Like when we were I was like, let's just try to do five because I don't know how this is gonna go. I don't know if it's even gonna work. But it ended up going really well. And um 
And so, yeah, people have already been saying like, you got, you got to do more. You got to, so, you know, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe later this year, maybe next year, we'll definitely have to do it again because it was, it was a lot of fun. And you have a new release, Hope of Glory. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That comes out on Friday. Um, And so this, this song kind of came about through the tour, um, just having like being so hype and everything from, from doing all the performances. Mm -hmm. Um, We, uh, me and the band got together and basically made this song in like, I don't know, like a week. Um, Just like, one of the main things is, is the electric guitar in the song. I, I had an electric guitarist playing with me and he recorded some stuff and I got all the guys together and we were like singing the chorus and recording it and just kind of piece stuff together. And um, it ended up coming together really cool. So we were able to perform it on the last night of the tour um, and tell people like, Hey, this is going to come out soon. This is a new song that we just did. And um, I had a feeling it was going to go well, but obviously you never know. And so when we did it, it went like people just like responded really well to it. Um, So because of that, I've been super excited to release it. That is so dope. That's dope. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Um, Just one moment. My my grandma's here and... That's okay. Um, Grandma, just give me like mm, 20 minutes, okay? 20 more minutes. Just finish the story that you on and then I'll put on the next one, okay? Just 20 more minutes, Grandma. She's watching TV. Yeah, I'm doing an interview. You, It's not like you know his name, Grandma, even if I tell you. <laughs> Xander, okay? What if she was like, oh, I know all of Xander's music. Okay, Grandma, okay, okay. Xander. You you, you the Xander taking my granddaughter away from me trying to watch these stories? (laughs) How you doing, young man? Hi, Grandma. Hi, hi. Since you done took my grandbaby away from me, uh, I know she she all up into telling musicians' testimonies and everything. Uh, yeah. You mind if I, I, I say a prayer over you, Xander? I would love that, Grandma. All right, all right. Uh, dear, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I I thank you for for. For my daughter and granddaughter being able to speak to the Xander. Uh, I'm thankful that, Lord, he he is making music for you, Lord. Um, I know I was doing a little eavesdropping and I, I heard him say something about being engaged, Lord. So I, I pray over his marriage, Lord. I, I pray. Pray over him going to people's homes and like he's a Jehovah's Witness and setting up shop and doing concerts, Lord. I Back in my day, me and the late Brown, we, we used to sing too. But we went to churches, not houses. 
So Lord, I, I pray that when he's in people's homes, he he ain't eating all their food, Lord. He ain't, he ain't drinking all their juices, ain't eating their snacks and taking all their water bottles, Lord. And if he is taking their water bottles, Lord, I, I pray that he is recycling, Lord. Because you know, Lord, you created a beautiful earth. And folks is just littering all over, Lord. I hope Xander ain't littering all over this, Lord. Amen. Let him be littering your word, Lord. Let him litter. Amen. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. Lord, I, <laughs> I pray for my church so low this, this Sunday, Lord. <clears throat> Still trying to get over this bronchitis, Lord. It's been weeks. But um, I, I pray for this soul, this soul, Lord. We are soldiers <laughs> in the army. Oh, Lord. Lord, I, I pray for this soldier in the army here, Xander, Lord. I, I pray for him and just pray for his ministry, Lord. <laughs> pray for this cough and this bronchitis, Lord. Pray these things, Lord, in your son's name. Amen, Lord. Ooh. Amen. All right, Xander. <laughs> it was nice meeting you. I, I'm going to let you get back to my grandbaby, Xander. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you for the prayer. You're welcome. Gallica, he 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 read it for you, girl. He read it for you. It was good to meet you. <laughs> you too, Xander. Okay, I'm I'm sorry about my grandma interrupting. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. She. She likes to make it known when she's around. She like everybody to know she's around. Yeah. But um, let's move forward to the four song breakdown. Sure. This is where the artist raps or recites a verse and discusses what's going on between the lines of the song story. So uh, for you, I selected. Um, I know it hasn't came out yet, but if you don't mind, yeah, hope of glory. Glory. Yeah, we have Hope of Glory and the Count of Providence, the Prodigal Tell, and Legacy. But if we can start with Hope of Glory. Awesome. Let's do it. So the chorus of the song says, I got the glory wherever I go. Even in death, ain't no killing my hope. Kingdom is near wherever I sow. Seeds I have planted are destined to grow. And... Uh, the chorus, I wanted something that people could sing along to when we're doing it live and just it's kind of like a chant almost. Um, and basically saying that the and the whole song is based off the, the verse where uh, Paul talks about that Christ in us is the hope of glory and that when people see us, uh, they should see hope, hope for what's to come, hope for heaven where, where our home is. And um, that we have that glory in us everywhere we go. And so even death can't take our hope. Um, and, and the next two lines are, are saying that um, wherever, wherever we go, uh, the kingdom of God is coming near. As we're planting seeds with, with the words that we speak, as we're uh, making Jesus known and preaching the gospel and sharing our testimonies, we're planting seeds. And... Um, God's going to send increase to those seeds. They're destined to grow. Um, this verse here goes, 
So seeds I have planted are destined to grow. They're blood washed. Lamb of God was crucified because Jaira promised to provide for my wrongs. These kids ain't got no fear of God. Testing how many tears I've got. Um, basically just saying that the, the, the seeds that we plant, they're destined to grow because uh, Jesus shed his blood to, to cover them and to uh, make a way for all for all people to, to be drawn near to him. Um, I'm trying to give them a warning sign, putting the truth on their Spotify. This time it can't rain for 40 nights. He'll come like a thief in the dead of night. Um, just uh, kind of like the, the, the time is coming for Jesus to return. And um, he promised he wouldn't flood, flood the earth again, but that he would come like a thief in the night. Um, I wonder how many will think they're fine and like Nick Cage get left behind, like the movie Left Behind, Nick Cage, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Father, forgive them. I don't think they know. The master who sent me sent me with a note. Um, they see in a legacy that just begun. I know these you think will be the only ones um, saying that, that God, the master, I'm, I'm Xander, I'm the pupil, and Jesus is the master. And um, the master who sent me sent me with a note uh, to make known the hope uh, that that Jesus brings um, and, and my testimony and my what I've been through. It's it's like this this uh, this message that I carry with me, um, and I, I believe it, it's just beginning, and that the 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 youth and the kids that I'm reaching is just the start. Um, I'm seeing my nation teach me to reach it. My generation ain't listen to preaching. So we put messages over the beats and don't need the measurements, don't need the feats. Only no victory, don't know defeat. Only going to come for me when we complete. Um, seeing my nation and seeing the, the state that the world is in and knowing that um, our, our generation, my generation needs truth. And um, they might not listen to, to a Sunday service. Some of these kids, they might not go to church, but we can put the truth over the beat and over, you know, in our raps. And, um, and it doesn't matter what measurements or what like feats or what accolades come with this stuff. It's not about the streams. It's about making Jesus known. Flesh may fail, but we're firm in faith. I've seen this team pray whatever it takes. We need him to hear it. The sword of the spirit is cutting through all of the fake because um, the, the, the the word of God is sword of the spirit is sharper than any double edged sword divides bone from marrow. It's cutting through all the fake, not by might nor by our skill made weak by time, but strong in will move earth and heaven, receiving the blessing to seek to find and not to yield. Um, this um, it's a reference to um, what, it's a reference to one of my favorite poems is uh, cause I told you I, I got into rapping because of poetry in school and stuff. One of my favorite poems is um, Ulysses by Alfred Lord Tennyson. And uh, the, the end of it um, is this line that says uh, made weak by strong, but made weak by time, but strong in will um, to seek to find and not to yield. Um and then it goes back to the chorus of the song, which goes, walk with me, Jesus, walk with me. And um, and that's kind of uh, I, I found this sample that we started to build the song around. And um, 
and it, it says walk with me Jesus and it kind of reminded me of of Jesus walks by Kanye which I already told you that's like that's the guy who got me into making music and so it's a little bit of a of a reference to him but like a a new version of that I guess um so yeah that's that's the chorus and, and one of the verses of the song that's so okay looking forward to hearing that thanks yeah by the time this interview comes out the song would have been out so okay cool hope of glory by xander on spotify <laughs> and apple music and whatever else all right. Um, so the next songs are actually off of your album Legacy. So yeah, um, if you can do could I do the Prodigal Tale? Sure. If you can do a verse. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Because there, I think it'll make sense more sense if I do this one. Um, this one's basically it's talking about where I was in high school and. Um, exactly what I was talking to you about earlier. So says I was 16 buying greens by the lockers, weed, drugs, buying, buying drugs at school. Collard or mustard greens. Yeah. Not, not <laughs> collard greens. <laughs> Caught in a routine that would make me a monster. I liked how that life felt. I liked how that life felt avoiding my own family, spending all these nights out. I think that was one of the biggest like um, things that marked that, time of my life was just like complete separation isolation from my family um which is crazy how close we are now because at the time it was just like mm-hmm. wanting nothing to do with them almost started getting dreams of me being a mobster running with some fiends but these teams got no honor i know what it is losing faith in yourself i know what it is thinking you don't need no help um started to realize that the the people i was hanging out with like they didn't have they didn't really love me. They didn't care about me. a lot of them. Um, mm-hmm. It was just like, you know, they were just friends and they just hung out with each other. Cause like they liked doing the same things. They liked going to parties. They liked, you know, doing whatever illegal stuff, like just dumb stuff that um, just realizing like a lot of these people were not real friends. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> traded in my blessing for a piece of the profit. Now I've got no peace, just a piece in my pocket. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest and not know how to stop this, then I recall a promise that I got from a prophet. Um, I had growing up, I had people say things about me, these prophetic words and these things about like my calling and, you know, the man of God that I was going to be and whatever. And um, I just gone so far from that. But at certain points, um, and especially when I when I was like hitting rock bottom and lost complete faith in myself, faith in God, lost hope, um, I started to remember like these things. Like, man, like could that have been true? Like, could I could my life be worth more than than I realized? Um, woke up in the mud and I thought of my father, but I wasn't his son no more. I'm just an imposter. Maybe if I beg, he'll let me sleep out in the yard. Saw me from a long way off and wrapped me in his arms. Um, and that's that's the prodigal son coming home. And um, it's both my heavenly father and my earthly father. Mm-hmm. It's both. Uh, because my relationship with both was like non-existent at the time. So coming back um, home, so, so to speak, and literally coming back home, it was I was met with grace. I was met with open arms. 
Um, and I thought, you know, I would have to beg just to like be able. And, and actually there was a point where it was like, I thought I was going to get kicked out of my house. So mm-hmm. it is kind of literal. Um, but I was, I was met with grace and my dad was definitely a picture in that moment. And in those moments of how, how my heavenly father sees me, which is with grace. Um, so this chorus of the song, it, it's kind of speaks to both of them, to, to my heavenly father and my earthly father. I was lost, but you made a new way. I was dead, but you robbed my grave. I know what it is to be needing your grace. I know what it is, what it is, what it is. I was gone till you made a new day, all alone till you called my name. I know what it is to come out of this shame. I know what it is, yeah, what it is, what it is. And um, said the, the what it is, no, I know what it is. And going in the, in the next verse is basically just me letting people know who who might be listening to this like i i know what it is to be that place i know how it feels i can relate and um there is hope right on okay so that was the prodigal tale and then do you want to know yeah. you want to count a providence yes um and so this is the intro to the album and this kind of starts the album off with um a little bit of an overview of kind of my journey of my life. And I I believe my life itself is an account of God's providence. Um, I I think I'm a living testimony. And um, so in the, towards this, the second half of the song, um, I say the chief of sinners chosen to go in on a mission with heavenly and earthly father, both are good at giving gifts. Now this generational blessing is paying dividends. Why you think I preach over beats so articulate? Um, Chief of sinners, like Paul calls himself the chief of sinners, but he was chosen for a mission. Um, And despite all odds and despite what maybe makes sense, I was chosen um, to go on this mission. Um, and it's with with my heavenly father and also with my earthly father because we we do ministry together and um the generational blessing that has come from him um is now paying dividends in my life and it allows me to to minister from this place to be able to make music from this place um i'm not a spectator i'm a participant revivalist my birthright this is not ambitiousness if I read the word right, I am now a citizen. Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven coming. Sorry, kingdom of heaven and the coming is magnificent. Um, so, yeah, I'm not a spectator. I, I, this is this is what I'm called to do. This is my birthright. Um, is to to be doing what I'm doing, and and I'm a citizen of heaven. Um, Anointing breaks the yoke. Maybe I'm an abolitionist. The calling ain't no joke. You could check the certificate. Enemy prowling. Lately, I got to be vigilant, fleeing from youthful lust and all of its stimulants. Um, Check the certificate uh, because of like being an ordained pastor and having that certificate. Um, It's like that that was actually a really big moment for me in my journey um, because it was just an acknowledgement of just how far I've come and 
um, what God has done in my life and what he's continuing to do. Um, and uh, enemy prowling, got to be vigilant, fleeing from youthful lust and all of his stimulants, uh, just protecting purity and, um, and, you know, for my sake, for my, my fiance, soon to be wife's sake, uh, just uh, protect and know that, that the enemy would want nothing more than to make me fall and to, um, to make me lose the, the, you know, the place that, that God has brought me to. Um, hands open, climbing this mountain up in increments, stretching out, won't quit now, firing my ligaments. Such a time is now, don't leave out the significance. Mariposa, I propose a breaking of this chrysalis. Um, there's, a, there's a song that I love. Um, sorry, it's getting a little bit dark over where I'm at. <laughs> the sun is starting to set. I have a light. I don't know if it's going to be too bright. Okay, that works. Um, yeah. <laughs> hi. So there's a, there's this song by um, Will Reagan um, that it says, um, I'll climb this mountain with my hands wide open. And it's like the only way to get to where God's trying to bring you is like relying on him and trusting in him and not doing it by your own strength. Um, fire my ligaments like – uh, I think it's Elijah. It's either Elijah or Ezekiel. One of the two that says that the word of God is like fire shut up in their bones, or maybe it's Jeremiah. I don't know. It's one of the prophets. Um, I should know that, but um, such a time is now like Esther. Um, and Mariposa is, is the Spanish word for uh, butterfly. So I propose a breaking of this chrysalis, like, uh, you know, a blossoming and an opening up. Um, <clears throat> and uh, Jehovah, what'd you say? I was just going to say, and you are Spanish, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, so my dad is Venezuelan. Uh, he was born and raised there. And my mom is white American. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm half. Um, and the last lines of the song, it says, Jehovah wrote a plan for the child. Now it's literate wasn't spoken in a supernova. Now he whispered it. The child chose to ran. Now he walks in deliverance from the ch- child rose a man. Now the man's raising many kids. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause the, the beginning of the song, I, I refute, I refer to myself as a child. I say a child of an immigrant. Um, my dad being an immigrant and, and start to tell the story of, of this child, which is me and saying that, um, that, that God had written a plan for me and now I'm literate enough to, to see the plan and the purpose that he had for me. I can actually read it, read what he's written. And um, it wasn't, you know, like this thing that was so clear and obvious and spoken in a supernova, like, but, but it was something, it was this still small voice that's been whispering um, within me for, you know, my whole life. Um, I chose to, to run away from it. And now I walk and deliver. And, um, from the child rose a man, now the man raising many kids. That's just, uh, the, the me pouring into the next generation, my youth kids, the, the these young kids that, you know, I'm able to pour into and I'm able to, um, just, like I said, leave a legacy for them. Right on. Okay. And then that leads us to the last song legacy. Yes. 
Um, so this is the song that the album was basically made around. And actually, these two songs, Account of Providence and Legacy, they were the first ones that I wrote. And um, I was going to release them just by themselves because at the time I wasn't planning to release an album. And I was like, I feel like these songs are so good. Like, I want to make more songs that fit with them. And then it was just like one song after another. Um, so this song, it, it starts off saying, I don't really know how much time I'm on. Just want to bring a little hope with these rhymes I've got. If there's one thing they say about me when I'm gone, let it be. I did it for the glory of my God. Um, just that's the legacy that I want to leave with that. However much time I'm here on earth and um, whatever I'm able to do with my rapping, with my rhymes, with my music, um, I, I want it to be known that I did it all, all for the glory of God. And then the chorus is really simple. Legacy, legacy, legacy. Yeah. Let them see. Let them see what I see. Yeah. Legacy, legacy, legacy. Yeah. Got the keys to set free Gen Z. Um, the verse says, few years back, they called us crazy kids. Uh, struggled in school. They called it laziness. Lost in the world, but dreamed of changing it. Now I'm living it. I had to pray for this. Um, and that's like me and Huli, my fiance, and um, some of these other people that I grew up with that like all throughout school, we kind of just didn't really know our place. We didn't know like where 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 we fit in. And um, now we see that that this is what God had for us. Um, remember running, couldn't tell me nothing, feeling judged and scared to catch me bluffing, started trusting the plans that he made me. Stop rushing, now grace doesn't chase me. And that's just that point of transition of starting to, to trust in God and the plans for that he has for me. Um, in the pace for a marathon, same man I am when the camera's on. Forefathers left, but ain't no mantle gone. Jesus helped the shoulders, I might wear it on. And um, that's that that's that receiving the legacy. That's, you know, Hebrews 11 um, running the race set before us. Um, and uh, we have a cloud of witnesses, um, you know, surrounding us and and um, just needing Jesus to, to give me the strength to continue to run it. Um, and then I say I'm planted on a firm foundation, planning on reaching my nation. We will not be shaken. It's the legacy of my generation. Um, and I love that, that we will not be shaken. That's like, I don't know. That's almost like a motto for me. Um, just cause uh, like in Hebrews, Hebrews 11 and 12, those are like some of my favorite scriptures in Hebrews 12. It says that um, every, once more, God will shake the heavens and the earth, removing what can be shaken so that what cannot be shaken will remain. So it's like, I want to be, unshakable. I want to be removed from things that can be shaken, which are like temporary things of this earth. And I want what's what's in me to be just the things of God, things that are eternal, things that are lasting, things that have, you know, just uh, uh, significance in heaven, like things that I can actually take with me, um, as opposed to just like the fleeting temporary things of this life. So, um and then, yeah, it just goes back into the chorus of legacy, legacy, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you sharing those. 
And since we're yeah, thanks. Music, you're welcome. Since we're talking about music, how does God's presence in your life look musically? Um, there's definitely times where I feel like He is helping me make a song or write a song because. Like lyrics will come so fast. Account of Providence is one of those. That's one of the most lyrically dense songs I've written. And um, it's a song where like literally the entire time, I don't know how many bars it is, but the entire song is almost like one long verse without ever changing rhyme scheme. I don't know how I like was having so many words that rhymed with each other, like from immigrant to chrysalis to significant to legitimate to whatever. Like, <laughs> but it was like, it came so fast that I really felt like it was, it was the Lord helping me to putting words on my heart. Yeah. Um, so that definitely does happen. And then it's like, I've heard before that some songs are caught and some songs are crafted. It's like, that was one of those songs. That I felt like I was catching it. Like the Lord was speaking and I was just like, all right, okay. Yeah. Keep writing, keep writing. And then there's some times where it's like, you, I feel like I've got to craft it. It's like, and Legacy was one more like that, where um, I was like trying a bunch of different stuff and like re-recording things and changing it and making slight little tweaks. Cause like, I didn't like, like how it sounded and asking other people for feedback and just trying to craft it to a point where I felt, okay, yeah, I feel happy with this. Mm -hmm. So definitely not every song just, comes like that to where it's just like oh you know thank you god and like i just <laughs> have it all immediately um but there are times where he's present like that for sure and um even in the producing aspect and like the making the beat like there will be times where it's just like i think you know just like i'm gonna do this this and this and then it's like wow like you know and, and just okay thank you god for you know giving me that inspiration and um and regardless of how the song gets made by the end of the day, at the end of the day, like when the song's finished, it, it has to be able to glorify him. Like, even if it's just a song about life or just about a song about like, I don't know, like, um, you know, it, it's not like not every single rap song that I make is going to be like, a worship song, quote unquote, but it, it's going to come from this place in my life that I, my life is to glorify God and my life is worship to God. So whatever I'm talking about, even if I'm just trying to get things off my chest, just trying to, vent, even if I'm just talking about a situation, like at the root of it, there should be this core identity of who I am as I am a person who worships God. Like I, that has to be part of who I am on a day-to-day -day basis. So it, it makes its way one way or another into everything. Um, yeah. So it's, it's always there. All right. Okay. And now that you have successfully finished an interview with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and your grandma. What was that? Oh, and my grandma. Yeah. <laughs> Mother Brown. Mother Brown, yes. Who would you like to see me interview on the show? Ooh, okay. You've done a couple good ones. Um good ones? Not. <laughs> you've done you've done more than a good a couple good ones. Yeah, yeah. You well, because the first person I was gonna think of was Holvey, but you did him already. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've been loving Holvey lately. 
Um, so there's another local guy um, that has an amazing heart for God uh, and is amazingly talented. And he's released several projects now that have been really successful. Um, his name's Jay Verano. He's, he's also from Florida, but not really like South Florida. He's, he's more North of me. Um, but yeah, he's, he's like a, he's from New York. He's like Dominican, but he lives in Florida now. Um, makes amazing music, has amazing heart for the Lord. So Jay Verano, Jay, Jay Verano. Okay. J A A Y two A's. Oh, okay. And then. Verano is V-E-R-A-N-O. Got it. Awesome. We'll have to look into him. Hey, what's up? Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for watching the show. However you consume us, thank you. Please subscribe to the show. And if you really enjoy the content, please leave a review. It really does help with the ranking of the show. And if you want to go an extra mile, share the show, share this episode. And for all things testimony, visit testimonystories.com. Until next time, I'm Gilika Brown, the music lover constantly seeking positive music.